Hello, everybody. Welcome to Civically Speaking. I'm your host, Lenora Swiston, and this is the podcast bonus edition that I'm doing with Ari Avivi and James Ishishin, getting closer on your last name. And uh, we may have Wendy Cooper joining us. This is a Tuesday that we are recording this in the week of September 21st. Uh, being yesterday the Monday, today the Tuesday the 22nd, and we're here to talk about the civic election. And so, you know what, I'm just going to jump in, guys. Where are we at? What's going on? What are you seeing out there in the chatterland? And what are some some things that you want to share with with, uh, listeners today on CFCR? Well, I spent the week watching Trolls, Um, (laughs) both the movie and the internet ones. Okay. Uh, Shockingly similar, by the way, but... um, one of the things that I noticed is that the trolls are really running on the, what I call the distraction items. Um, uh, the library has been a big distraction item and the library, which, this is what shocked me is that the library chimed in on the election. Um, yeah. I mean, there's a blatant conflict of interest right there. The library shouldn't necessarily, they should now be, you know, uh, hello, we're a civic facility. We're civic employees. We should now be shutting up. Um, but I guess technically the election hasn't started, so there's still free range to go. Um, they're making some really interesting claims about, uh, well, we're not shutting down this, and this is the economic benefit. And they're talking about, uh, what was it? I can't remember the exact number, 12 or 13 million in gross domestic product from the new library. Yeah. Um, which is interesting because it's like 13 million, 14 million right now based on the same numbers. Because all they're saying is that, that the gross domestic product that they're kicking in is salaries and purchases. So the, the GDP comes from the salaries that they're already paying. So that's already there. And they're going to buy some new books and they're going to have more expensive utilities. That's what they're using to generate GDP. But uh, don't, don't say that the library is an expenditure. Yeah. Uh, Ahead, I, I think that I think that's true that uh, the library certainly has become a bit of a focal point overall. Um, part of the discussion, I, I, I believe, does range in uh, everybody sees the utilitarian usefulness of a library. That's not in question. I think the question becomes to what degree and, and to what expenditure. And, and so we see many, many different discussion points to this. We see, you know, that this has certainly been in, in the works for many years and, and, that, and that there's been in a whole um, savings and, and reserves for this, but yet there's still a significant amount of expenditure necessary, $68 million uh, still to borrow. And that's, that's by no small measure a, a, a fairly significant impact to the city. That being said, I think for us to go and say that there's a potential for economic opportunity off of the construction is slightly naive in in that maybe somebody that hasn't had an immense amount of experience while constructing the finding everyday items to fit inside of this uh, uh, library could be even more challenging. I say even construction itself under COVID rules plays a potential to actually increase. So um, let us not be fooled that we will be getting a bargain if we do it during this depressed economic time, because there could be significant expenditures on 
things that we take for granted that we would be able to locate. I hadn't even thought about that one, the, the added COVID costs of just building. I mean, you can only have so many crew on site at a time. You couldn't yep. have the electrician working next to the framer. You, uh, it's a huge, huge consideration. Yeah. And then just sourcing materials. I, I've, I've had an opportunity to speak to a couple other uh, developers and contractors and some of the issues that they're having is just out and out sourcing what you would take, tend to think are everyday items. Uh, a lot of factories aren't working to the degree that they used to. So let's be honest. Um, we, we can all talk about the importance of it. And I think it's, it's the, the importance of it is well understood. Um, I think there's a better argument for having, you know, the, for lack of a, the, the book library back out again, you know, let's get, let's get access to, to the people that need it. Um, but at the end of the day, um, yeah, it certainly isn't a lot of the radar and the topic of a lot of taxpayers and citizens' minds. Okay, well, so the library, that's one of the issues. We haven't even jumped into what, um, what some of the other things are that's going on this week. So are there new candidates? Let's go there. Um, and what are you guys observing in terms of some of the ward races? Have you noticed anything on that end? Well, yeah, I'll take it for Ward 3. That's where I live. Yeah. And, and, and so it, it's a hotbed of activity, to say the least. Um, I, and I'm sorry, I just lost my screen, but I think we've, we've got at, at, at the very least six, and I'm still hearing even potentially more um, people want to enter into the race. Um, you know, the you, you got to say, 25 signatures, $100 <laughs> can get you pretty far nowadays. So there are still uh, new uh, entrants, I understand, that are considering. I think the, the one thing that um, there's a bit of a conception that if you put your name out and you uh, do the whole kind of uh, put yourself on Facebook and, and that's going to be the digital medium by which uh, we'll pave your path. Um, you know, I, I think it takes more of an operational um, endeavor to, to connect with people. And, and uh, so, but Hey, um, we want public engagement, and I guess we're going to get public engagement. But uh, as I say, there are new candidates. Um, I'm so sorry. I just lost my page. and going to grab it here. Uh, Ari, why don't you talk a little bit? About sure. Um, you know, the thing that I've seen is now that we're into past the initial phase, we are now seeing the uh, gloves come off, and we're, not, we're now starting to have candidates taking shots at each other. Um, and it's really becoming identity politics. So I'm in Ward 7, um, and one of the candidates in Ward 7 has made it a mission to reference uh, another candidate and call them out for what they have or haven't done, specifically. Um, and it's really, really interesting to watch. They're positioning that I am better than this person with a lot of sort of then no specifics about what they're going to do. And that, that actually runs across the gambit of all of the candidates that I'm seeing. Um, I, I'll say it again and I'll say it every week. The first candidate that shows up with an idea that I can rally behind is really most likely gonna get my vote. Whether it comes down to saying, 
you know, <laughs> we don't need the Taj Mahal library, but we need to improve our library. So we need more computers, more space, whichever. We need to, we need to have a more active community. So I'm going to take bus passes and attach them to leisure cards. So if you buy one, you get access to the other. Um, give me an idea. Give me something that I can run with and that I can dream and build. But right now we need to have more active communities. We need to have more safety and security. So fine, give me a plan. Uh, I'll give Charlie Clark credit where credit is due. He timed, and I'm sure he was sitting on this, this whole downtown patrol with a partnership with the tribal council. Smart man sitting on it, pulled it out at election time to say, hey, we're investing some money. We're putting practical boots on the ground. I have a plan to do something, not just talk about it. Um, the other idea that's really interesting is watching the candidates fight the idea of a slate. Um, and that one's being really pushed really hard. And I'm sorry, if it walks like a duck and it talks like a duck, it's a slate. Okay, it doesn't have to be an organized slate, but it's definitely an alignment. I think there's probably been alignments on council already. Like, you know, Charlie's got people that he's been aligned with on council. You know, Marin Lowen is somebody within his own circle, you know, in some ways and, and others that are there. So, I mean, I think there's always alignments that happen. You see it in votes and you see it in other things. And now you're seeing it play out in the election. I know when I was at the turn of the century, <laughs> one of those old folks that was on council, there was like the real slate that was there. There was the anti-casino slate. There was the pro-casino slate. There was the this slate. There was the arena slates. I mean, there were all those kinds of things. And, you know, mixed and matched union labor kind of pro that, calling themselves some other name. So, I mean, this isn't the first time it is. I think it's just because it's something to gravitate onto and because there's been a visibility of seeing people at each other's campaign announcements. So it's something to grab onto, just like the library's been something to grab onto. And I think you've got a multi-issue where you have those, you used to have issue politics before where we believe in this, but now you're seeing the alignment of the issues under big labels called you know, sustainability, reconciliation. Yeah, that's been in the past too, to be fair. They're, like they did try to run them more globally. That's what it was like. But I think, I think what it is is that we're, you know, Saskatoon's not used to having partisan kind of, or I should say slates at that, but a lot of, a lot of different cities across the country actually have party systems at the municipal level. So this is very much in the wheelhouse of where a lot of municipal politics go so that they can align, so they can build resources, so they can build messaging, because it's really hard to do it in an independent way. And so I think that we're seeing why maybe some of that is, I think what to your point though, Ari, is that they're they're kind of like um, saying no to that. And is you know, is it necessarily a bad thing to have it? I don't know, but it's you know, I think the thing of it is is it's interesting that we're questioning it when there's always been some sort of informal means of it to formal means in the past. So new to the show, guys, Wendy Cooper, I'm just going around asking. I talked way too much just now. So um, Wendy, just observations on the week this week um, in terms of what you're noticing out there with civic politics. Uh, the main thing I'm noticing is um, there's there just seems to be a growing concern that the, the politics isn't connecting with the people very much. Um, there's problems with COVID, there's problems with, you know, healthcare workers, all the different things happening that way. And more I'm seeing in the schools when I'm talking in the staff room that there's 
there's just this feeling that there just doesn't seem to be a connect anymore. They just don't seem to care is, is the vibe that's coming off. Mostly I'm seeing. Yeah. James. Um, well, it, it's interesting, you know, we all have different perspectives. I'm not saying one's right or one's wrong, uh, but it goes to the circle of uh, individuals to which we hang around with, right? I think by and large, uh, it, it comes down to, uh, we're hearing that COVID is uh, more of under control. Uh, the idea is that we've fared relatively well in our province. Um, I think we've got to have to be just a little bit more patient uh, and some of the issues that are we're looking at with in regards to COVID, uh, as it pertains to the provincial side of things, and then back to the municipal, is I think there's some really good research as it comes to viral load. Um, there's a, um, a, 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 a pharmacological company, pharmaceutical company out of Edmonton, uh, by a really smart uh, professor out of the U of A who's doing some incredible work. And so I think uh, it might change part of the focus away from vaccine onto let's get people to have the, the virus and then we'll manage the virus. So it, it lends itself to an interesting argument. But having said that, yeah, I think by and large, uh, we're, we're in a situation where, is it a slate? I don't know if, if there's slates per se, because there are certainly uh, of like mine who will say that there's a necessity for change within City Hall. And, and I think that, can you identify that to be a slight, it, it, there's commonalities, right? You're not going to find somebody that's who is completely apolitical to all of a sudden want to engage in a civic race. I, I don't think that that happens or it happens very often. So that being said, we are all typically political animals. And in political animals, you will find individuals to want to step forward. So um, we'll have to see how things unfold for every for every response. There's an uh, action and a response to it. So I think we're still a little bit out. I, I agree with uh, Ari uh, that a lot of the um, uh, design and, and the reaction from city council in regards to the partnerships that they're working with for housing um, I think certainly a lot of that had some pre-thought to it. Uh, I don't think that the timing happened by accident. Uh, so, but it's unfortunate because, you know, the city, or at least the citizens that I see or are here in the, in, in the city, suggest that this has been something that has certainly been left unattended for a very long period of time. And, and there's a certain level of frustration with the direction that it has gone. And to suggest that nothing's that, that everything's fine here is 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 ludicrous at best. So uh, that being said, um, yeah, there's uh, certainly I think we've seen some more people enter in. The thing um, we also have a few more uh, Facebook entrants, and it, I think of for example in Ward Three, there's this new Colin Bragg, uh, B R P R A N G. Um, and all I have seen thus far is that he was a, a city of Saskatoon employee at one time and, uh, and he's kind of all connected up with Facebook. I haven't seen a, um, maybe there is, but I haven't seen any Twitter account or um, actual uh, webpage. To his and, and so like I said, uh, there's also suggestions that another woman might enter into the race in that one as well. 
Yeah, I think that I think the key takeaways that I've learned so far, and I know we'll have talked about this on 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 the live version too, is that there's only two um, um, there's only two candidates that are so far not being challenged, and that's Troy Davies in Ward Four and in Ward Five, Randy Downhower. And we've talked about this before on the show. You know, I'm thinking that there'll be somebody stepping up. Today is the first official day, September 22nd, that is, is the first official day that you can submit your nomination. So it'll be interesting for us to watch, uh, to see um, who may step up into um, any of the wards that we've so far mentioned. But now we have, you know, uh, contested awards, except for two. Zach Jeffries has got somebody now that is against him. Um, and that's new since last we talked about. And Zach has got uh, AJ Itterman that um, is running against him. And so it'll be interesting to see if who else runs. And then again, Ari, speaking to your point is around diversity of candidates. So we're all having fun on this show because we're all trying to just for the listeners. If you were watching this, it is most funny because there's also a comedy act occurring between the four of us in terms of trying to get us to crack online. So we're doing pretty good, James. You never roared. You know, you didn't break. I broke a few times. Wendy has her dog that's distracting her, and Ari just has himself distracting himself. <laughs> so Ari doesn't you know, mean anything to distract him. Let's be fair. His mind distracts right. him all along. That's its own. right. But you know what? In, 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 in this kind of next section of this, what I want to get at is what have you been hearing from people on the street? That was kind of our homework assignment from last time is what are you hearing from people on the street in terms of the civic election or to be frank, any of the elections that are coming out? Like what's what's the buzz talk in terms of politics? We talked a little bit earlier, Wendy, before you were able to jump on about how there's kind of a library issue that's out there, whether it's real or not or otherwise. So there's that. There's also a lot of what, you know, being claimed as trolls. So you get those people that are online. They're just accounts that are just out there to agitate into whatever way or to advocate for something. But on the street, is anybody hearing anything from your neighbors, from your relatives or otherwise, or just seeing something in social media that's kind of tweaked with you that's either an outlier or validating kind of the general direction? Wendy, to you. Uh, the one thing that I noticed today showing up was the um, healthcare workers that went to talk to Scott Moe and he left the office and called the police <laughs> and that uh, there was a there was a lot of chatter about that just how inappropriate it is and they just just the feeling that um, the people don't matter people are starting to feel like everything's being decided without any concerns you know as to what they're feeling or thinking um, that's the main that's the main thing that I've had like conversation I've had with people is that yeah oh and the I I'm on the watch list for COVID now because I was at one of the schools with COVID and it that's been an interesting conversation too because it's the it's the rules are very loose you know like I was in the school you know how much do I have to watch and and stuff like that it's the legislation's not that clear so yeah so that's interesting so there's some political there's some politics at the provincial level that you're catching on to and you're it seems to be that. the bigger deal right now i don't think people are are as caught up in the civic stuff at least not the people i'm mixing with okay ari what about from your end so i'm i'm hearing how excited people are 
for November 3rd to come um, when we have the election and we, <laughs> everybody goes to the polls and it's like uh, November 3rd. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Um, that's great. That's, if you're American. Well, that's just it. It's literally the only election anybody cares about. I would say a good percentage yeah. of the population is going, we have an election? Really? More than one? What? Is that, is that what's going cool? Yeah. James? I, I, yeah. James at the at your at uh, Street Talk on your side? Honestly, I, I kind of, it, it's the balance. I, I'm almost polar opposite of Wendy in, in that uh, it, there is a conversation about COVID, but basically how well we're doing through it. Um, you know, the, um, we could be, um, we have to appreciate every time you get a headache, it doesn't mean that it's COVID. It could just be seasonal allergies. And, and, and I think there's a little bit of a hypervigilance to, to, to a point. And it's unfortunate that sometimes um, entities will, will play up for political purpose um, the fear factor. And, and, and they do whatever they do. Um, but at, at the end of the day, I think my neighbors and my friends and my circle of influencers tell me that they're, they're, they're happy with how things are relatively unfolding. Um, the, 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 they see a path forward where how things look on the other side, uh, that work there is, that things will get back to some sense uh, of stability at some point in time. We just gotta be patient. But also there are really the, the sense of two different economies that are going on, right? There are those who are constantly working and still have a paycheck. And then there is those in the service sector that don't know what's gonna have to happen to them after November. And you know, my, um, you really gotta think how that could unfold. Uh, but as far as the, the fear, I think by and large, there's a lot of smart preparedness that one can typically have, you know, wash your hands, keep them out of your mouth and your nose and your eyes. Um, keep keep good distance and when you can, uh, and if you can, wear a mask. Um, and and I, I think those are pretty strong things. Um, you know, I've always been a, well, I shouldn't go down this path, but we'll, we'll, uh, we'll go with that. That's basically just uh, the conversations we're hearing uh, is that COVID is, is, has been seen to be that we're, we're marshalling our way through it, even with a few upticks. Uh, this is nothing that the, the community is getting really concerned about. And the people who are on the doorstep um, are still finding that they're connecting with their constituents. Yeah, so thanks for that, to this review. I mean, different takes, right? And that tells you kind of the circles that we're in and what we're hearing. I mean, some of the, some of the things I'll, I'll, I'll concur with Ari is that I think there's still a lot of people that wonder what election is when, where, and are, what election is. And then there's kind of the flag today, I think about the throne speech coming up tomorrow and a lot of people already twigging into, well, okay, what's the, is, Trudeau going to call a snap election. So there's all kinds of kind of rumor and conjecture around the federal. Well, the best the statement I heard was Trudeau is calling a, a news conference tomorrow night to name his nomination for the Supreme Court. Yeah, well, and that could be <laughs> it, right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. That could be it. In the they're waiting until after the election. Of where we're, we're mixing the Can-American, right? I mean, it's kind of funny how we're blending the borders in a time when the borders are shut down physically. So that's a really interesting thing, right? Is that we've become very myopic and yet very um, otherwise in, in the link. The other thing that I would say is that 
um, I've had a few people comment that go, I'm just become aware that the provincial election and the municipal election are that close. Was that the case before? <laughs> so that's interesting, right? So you get the sense of how it's kind of like every time the snow falls, we always go, oh my gosh, the snow just fell. It's always new to us every season, right? And it's kind of like- I have to learn to drive all over again. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> Political seasons are kind of like that too. And I mean, we can laugh about it, but I think it just shows you that the, the, that politics is there only when it's put there for us front and center, or you have a reason to want to be there, either out of an interest or because of something that impacts you and influences you directly. So I yeah. think that's really interesting to be aware of as well. I mean, James talked about the new reality of COVID. And what we're seeing now is, well, first, to your point, Nobody gets involved in an election unless they want something out. Nobody works really hard to get something in. They always want something out. That's your passion. But you look at the whole new reality of COVID, where now it's been six months. Now we're starting to reopen. And people are starting to not only live by the new rules, but find the loopholes that drive those new rules. All right? I'm at Superstore the other day. I was in a rush. The lineup was long. I took off my mask and coughed. And the seas parted, and I got out quickly. Okay, so I mean, that's those are the new re it's a joke, by the way, Wendy. If you could see yeah. that Wendy's face, she's like, Give me yeah. this. You did what? Work in retail anymore, I don't care. Yeah. <laughs> Do what you, you know want, what, guys. We're coming to the end of the show, just so you know. So we will be back. I know it was that quick, Wendy, especially for you. Well, super uh, quick for me. I just got here. I know, I know, and it goes that quick. And I know, so I've, I've, we've, we've got another bonus that we'll be doing later this week at some time. So heads up for that. Thanks, guys, for tuning into the podcast version of Civically Speaking. I'm the host, Lenora Swiston, here with Aria Vivi, Wendy Cooper, and James Ushishan. And uh, Ari says he still has no pants, and James applauded me for saying his last name correctly. So there you go. So um, thanks, guys, Zoom for tuning in. Who was in. to a Zoom meeting? <laughs> yeah, for sure. <laughs> On radio, were you all looking? Thankfully, he's wearing a shirt for those okay. listening. Exactly. And don't forget, guys, if you're tuning into this podcast, oh no, he's taking it off. If you're, if I'm you're not coming, looking. If you're, if you are just tuning into this little bit here, what I will say is if you care about communities and you care about radio shows and you care about your community, please contribute to the FM, F emphasis campaign at CFCR. Okay. It's as easy as going to CFCR.ca, make a donation. You can be entered into some lovely prizes and you can also get a tax receipt if that's important to you as well. And it goes to helping shows like this come on air and be podcasted. So thanks guys for joining. Thanks. Thanks. Bye. We'll talk to you bye. soon. Okay. Yeah. Take yeah, care guys. Bye-bye. All right.